Gov, ready to go on a Pokemon adventure, is ya? Well, hop on to the Fanbite podcast, which is called Fan Width, and we'll go on a magical Pokemon journey. <laughs> did you like that? No. Did you like my art that I did? I did, but I'm, I'm also... allowed to do that because I'm English. So. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's okay when I do it. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate yeah. you using the British name of the show, too. Uh, fan, the Fanbyte Podcast. The, the Fanbyte Podcast, isn't it? Uh-huh. Fanwith is what they call it in the colonies. Love. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Uh, yeah, well, thank That's you for that. That's how my that people talk. Intro. And mm-hmm. this is the Fanbyte Podcast called Fanwith. And I'm Merit. Hello. Hi. Hi, who are you? Uh- I'm Steven Strum. I'm the only other person on this podcast this week because we didn't have a guest. We don't have a guest. We had one we lined up guest and quit. We are guestless tonight. We are guest-free. This is a guest-free zone. Mm-hmm. It's hosts only tonight. We're no, bringing it in. No more diluting the brand. You only get the main event, what you came here for, us two. This is... It sounded like you were like leading, like you were leading out to like a limp biscuit lyric or something. There, like, <laughs> your kind of your delivery. I felt like there was something else coming of like, um, you know, just one of the, you know, it's just one of those days where you don't want to get mm. up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and we're recording this actually a day later than usual because, um, well, we. There's Pokemon in the air. It's that special time of year when, you know, the Pokemon are in the air. Um, the, the Pokemon are really in bloom this time of year. Uh, <laughs> make sure if you've got Pokemon allergies, make sure to take your, your pills, you know. Check the Pokemon uh, levels on weather.com before you go outside. But um, before we get into all that stuff, do we, do we want to just uh, catch up what we've been doing the past week? Yeah, all we've talked about lately is work. Like, we haven't really actually, like, played anything together or talked about fun stuff. Like I know. video games. Movies. I know. Well, uh, those things are also work, is the thing. Yeah, that's the that's certainly the thing, Oof. isn't it? That's Oof. the curse that we've given ourselves. It's the cross we bear. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to? Oh, what have I been up to? It's Wednesday today. Um... Uh, I haven't actually been playing a ton of video games. I played a bit more Anthem, actually. Like, I bought that a second time. I bought that on console so that I could play with my brother, who doubles as my roommate. Um, And we've been playing a little bit of that on the PS4. So I've been, you know, kind of chewing away at that, kind of getting through that story. Let me tell you, that story goes a lot faster when you can just skip all of the, like, incidental dialogue back at the uh, Fort Tarsus base thing. Like, you know, uh, the Bioware-style, like, come back and talk to this person, go on a mission, and then they have more dialogue thing. If you just button through that real fast, you can get through that story pretty quick. (laughs) I mean, you could do that in Bioware games, too. And, you know, I always get to the point in a Bioware game where I'm like, okay, I'm tired of listening to this voice actor. I can read (laughs) way faster than they can speak. So I'm just, like, accelerating through these things. Uh Uh-huh. Dr. Chalkwest, I don't care about your wine or whatever. It's fine. We've been here. (laughs) Wait, wait. She's the doctor from Mass Effect 2? Yeah, and and one, I think. Wow. Wow. It's been so long since I played those. Um... I have the advantage that I've been watching a Let's Play of uh, all three games Mm. recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, What, uh, Renegade? Paragon? Uh, I think they're just kind of going with the flow. I don't think they've they've necessarily set. I think uh, they've just finished... uh, 
the first game and are only a couple episodes into two. And I think for the most of the first game, they mostly played Renegade. Mm. Uh, and that's been interesting because I never play. I actually never play any Bioware games as like the Renegade equivalent, even on replays. I am always a goody two shoes. Well, here's the thing: as far back as like Knights of the Old Republic, the Renegade or like let's just call it Red. Because that's what it is. The red option versus the blue option. Uh-huh. The, the red choices are always just like be, be cruel for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of like, if I'm going to be evil in a game, I want it to be like, you know, a fantasy of like being cool and mean. Like, I don't want it to just be like, oh, instead of giving you back your dog that I found, I'm just going to kill it in front of you and then kill you. Like, (laughs) why? Who is this psychopath space traveler? Um, (laughs) Although I will say, uh, in my Mass Effect playthrough, Mass Effect 1, I did Paragon. And then 2, I was like, Shepard's back and she's pissed. (laughs) And so like, whenever the option to punch someone in the face came up, because that game had those interrupts you could do, I, I always check it. Right trigger, um, left trigger. Yep. And then by the time of the third game, I was like, no, Shepard's learned the meaning of friendship and now she's good again. <laughs> but what that meant is that I hadn't picked consistent enough choices to like, you know, do that thing at the end where you, I don't know, uh, punch Martin Sheen or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Because then like, yeah, because all those games end with the like, do you have enough like, bad guy Points. or good guy juice to like make this person commit su- <laughs> to make the final boss commit suicide can you do that that's what it was yeah it was like are you a bad enough dude to make martin sheen shoot himself in the head <laughs> like oh and, I, I guess i wasn't i'm sorry yeah i mean and that's the the hmm, bioware maybe needs to like i treat that <laughs> stuff with a little bit more nuance because that's literally the same thing happens to the final boss of Mass effect one as well they go back to that well twice in that series and it's just like oh, right. Ooh, i don't know about this wait the final boss he's the um the the man the man yep the cop who allies <laughs> he's a cop i think he's he's like yeah he's a cop he's he's a specter he's the same thing as you he's Saren. Yeah, okay, yeah. Saren something, I forget his last name. He has one, I'm pretty sure. I'm, they all have last names, but let's be honest, <laughs> no one remembers them. They're all just I... space names. If it was Saren Johnson or like Saren Singh or something, then that would be fine. But no, it's like Saren, I was going to say Vicarian, but that is no, Eros. I, I literally, the entire time you were talking, I just kept thinking like, it's, it's Saren Vicarian, right? And then I like, immediately <laughs> would say. Vicarian. <laughs> I was like, no, wait, that's not right. And then. Two seconds later, my brain would be like, no, I'm pretty sure it's Saren Vicarian. I'm just like, God damn it, no. Uh, but I have an excuse. I should know that last name because I read the prequel book to Mass Effect before Mass Effect 1 even came out. Uh, that wow. goes into Anderson and Saren's like, backstory. Because uh, wow. that was the thing I used to do, was read uh, read those prequel books to all the, all the things. I did that with Halo for a little while. Oh my God. did that with The Witcher. Wait, and those books came out before their respective games? Uh, the Witcher definitely did because The Witcher was is based on books. Uh, the oh. Witcher is like a loose sequel to a series of novels by a Polish author um, that ends with Geralt dying at the end and then the first Witcher game, which is... I'm also probably one of the only people who has beaten the first Witcher game <laughs> in the world. <laughs> uh, that, like, begins with Geralt coming back to life coming back from like the weird heaven that he lives in at the end of the last witcher novel 
Um, and then the Mass Effect, I'm pretty sure, also came out before because they did that with a they did that with Dragon Age. I want to say too, like like Bioware sure mm. loves to put their lead writers on, like hey put out your lore bible before the game comes out or they used yeah. to do that when they had lore in their games i don't know hey hey now <laughs> hey there's lore it's an anthem this this is the anthem uh put yeah. all your hands up no it's you know um here's what i know about anthem okay what do you know uh the bad guy is called the monitor yep he might be a giant owl i you literally never see his face in that entire game after even after you kill him so you could absolutely be right i can't tell you you're wrong (laughs) okay okay (laughs) uh and um that's it actually robot suits suddenly robots (laughs) um the lore in that game is okay, I will say, because I am also a person who reads lore, Bible dumps, and stuff like that. I don't know if you knew this about me. I am, like, a big, huge dork, uh, is, I think, the technical term. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I read all that stuff. I read grimoire cards for Destiny 1. I, like, used to read the prequel novels to books. I read, like, the StarCraft 1 novelization. I read the Amazing. Metal Gear. I read the Metal Gear NES game novelization as a child. Which is nothing like the actual game, actually. It has nothing to do with the story of that universe. <laughs> um, there used to be, there, there used to be like a whole brand, like a sub-brand of like really bad 250 word like uh, novels, like Power Games or, or something like that. That was like, just like, we brought in some random ghostwriter to like make a book based on this game that doesn't really have enough story to make a yeah. <laughs> book into a book. No, yeah, I totally remember um let me look some of these up because yeah it was like the weirdest fucking things it was like game boy games yeah um got novels okay video game novels slash trades on goodreads like tetris the novel what breakout yeah i think i made that one up Mm. oh Um, okay no these are all real ones i want Worlds no, of Power was the imprint. Yes, was that that mm-hmm. was like a Nintendo thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the Metal Gear one. I'm, I'm, I pulled up a, a one of it on Amazon right now by FX Nine. That's uh, wait, what? It, it just says author FX Nine. That can't that's be a person's not name. Not a no. His name is Seth Godin. Okay. <laughs> He's an American author and former dot com business executive. What the hell? Uh, in two thousand six, he launched a site called Squidoo. What? What? Uh, what do they sell? What does Squid do? I don't. I guess I don't know that they sell anything. What does Squid do? No one's quite sure at this point. Uh, I think I'm. I don't know. I think it was like you write something and somehow get paid for it. But oh, sure. Revenue sharing. I don't know. Article writing. His Wikipedia. His Wikipedia picture though is something. (laughs) It's really something. (laughs) What is his name? I need to see it now. Seth Godin. G O D I N. Oh wow! He looks like one of the like the Penny Arcade writer, but like fifty <laughs> years from now. He looks like Tycho. <laughs> he looks like Tycho and a turtle got in the machine and the fly. It's he looks like Dana Carvey in yes! the Master of Disguise, <laughs> pretending to be Tycho. Oh my God! Uh, We're being so mean to Seth Godin. I'm sure I'm he's so- a you know just, he's. 
a business person, so like mm. odds are he's <laughs> a bad guy. Like I don't know. I'm how just bad, saying. How bad can he be if he wrote Simon's Quest, the novelization? That's just that's such like a weird footnote in this guy's life. Like yeah. he's he seems to be doing all these other things now, and oh, he has a podcast. That's that tracks. We have a, they let us have podcasts. They'll they let anybody. They do let it. anyone have one. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a big section on books on his website. Doesn't seem to have his. Uh, doesn't seem to have Metal Gear. Doesn't seem to have mm. the Metal Gear novelization. It's a real bummer. Uh, there, what else was there? There's Blaster Master. Blaster that was Master. a book. There's Mega Man Two. Uh, oh my God. Okay, the Mega Man Two book. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like I. Oh, who who did I? Oh, it was James Rolfe. Uh, read because of course it is because whenever I open my mouth, it's I'm probably going to be talking about James Rolfe. Um, I don't know. Like for people who don't know, I just have this weird obsession with him. But he has a video where he reads the entire book of Mega Man 2 Worlds of Power. And it's buck wild. Like, because then you, you just get into like, like each level is a chapter and it's just like Mega Man jumped over the robots and then <laughs> shot another robot. <laughs> I, yeah, aren't you glad you're reading and not playing the game? Oh, I oh, right now I am. I, <laughs> I'm really appreciating everything that I'm hearing. So, I I do want to make one clarification actually because I have uh, I uh, I'm just getting uh, a note from our producers right now. Uh, Seth Godin created the Worlds of Power line uh, under the pen name FX9, but I don't think he actually wrote any of these books himself. Oh. Metal Gear, it says here, was written by one Alexander Frost, which also sounds like a pen name. That's not a real person. That's a Marvel Blade villain. God. Uh, um, yeah, no, they, these were, this. yes, you're right. They were written by different people. He just invented them. Huh. He discovered, he was talking to his nephew, and he discovered that the boy did not read for pleasure. Instead, he played NES games. Hmm. And so he's like, what if game was book? <laughs> what if game was book? Uh, I think I know what the uh, title of this episode of this podcast is. Uh, uh-huh. That's such a... I don't know. Again, I am such a big nerd. That is always such a weird thing to me because I read so much as a kid. The idea of like... Well, I guess, I don't know. Seth Godin was onto something because like I also liked video games as a kid. And you put those two things together and I would have like lost my tiny mind. And mm-hmm. I did. And mm-hmm. I read <laughs> Gear the Novelization. Uh, huh. So yeah, that's what I've been playing is the Wikipedia page for Worlds of Power from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been, have you have you been playing anything? I see uh, that you have on some of this. I have. So surprisingly, actually, um, my roommate the other day was like, "So are you done with uh with a plague or what?" And I was like, first of all, thank you for using the term a <laughs> plague because I hate it." And second, no, I've been the champion four times now, four times champion. Mm -hmm. And I would say at least two of those games, I actually did something. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, there's at least one, I think the most recent one I was being like carried, but like I've wiped out whole squads. I've Mm -hmm. uh, gotten the last kill. I've been in games where none of us died. Like I, you know, I've played PUBG for probably like three months 
I never won a single game. Oh, jeez. Uh, I mean, I'm mostly always playing it solo, so it's harder, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've been playing Apex since it came out, so I guess, what, like three weeks? That sounds um, more right. Three, three, and four? Yeah, I have, like, won four games of it. And I've gotten to the point where, like, losing doesn't make me mad anymore. Oh, really? Is, okay. It's really great because I tend to get mad with competitive games, which is why I don't play many of them. Right. Um, do, you th- do you think that's because you you know you can do it? You, you know you can do it, and you know you can do it somewhat consistently. You can win. So it's like, well, I'm not, I don't feel like uh, losing is all I'm ever doing and all yeah. I ever will do. Yeah, no, that, I think that's part of it. Um, and then also, like, when you get stomped by someone and it says that they have 3,000 kills, it's like, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that seems right to me. <laughs> like, I'd be worried if I killed that guy. Like, But when I see that, I'm like, how many games does that work out to? Like, if you assume, like, I think 10 kills is a generous, but not not by any means impossible number. No, not at all. In Apex. No. So if you assume 10, uh, then that's at least 300 games that person's played. And each game is, you know, where you get 10 kills is probably like, what, half an hour? Gotta be. 20 minutes. So we're dealing with, you know... Um, 30 minutes times, uh, a hundred, no, 300, 300 equals divided by 60 equals. Okay. So about 150 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess okay. that, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But that just seems like a lot. To me. <laughs> yeah. For, well, um, for, it's for 150 hours for a game that's been out for three weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think I've sunk a lot of time into things like that pretty quickly, but they've always been, like, single-player experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess just because I found it hard to get into multiplayer ones. But um, And I guess that's like, oh, yeah, that's mostly teens is the thing about that. Right. Um, because I find, and this goes back to Halo 2, which was the first game that I played online with voice chat. There are two kinds of, well, three. There are three kinds of people on voice chat. There are robots. Um, I don't know why they sound like robots. They just do. There are, there's like, it's like a guy who sounds like he's in his 30s and is just like, all right, man, hey, you should go get that thing. You know, it's like kind of like Boomhauer. Hey, what's up, fellas? Yeah, what's up, fellas? Um, like Boomhauer, but more comprehensible. And then there's like 13-year-old boys. Um, mm-hmm. Those are like, and it's like something about the voice you know, over IP thing just translates them into one of those, it slots you into one of those categories. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well, if I'm playing against teens, teens have a natural advantage at video games over me. Um, right. And because their brains are younger, you know, their limbs haven't started rotting yet. Um, like and ours, yeah. Yeah, no, like mine, I'm just sort of a zombie at this point. Um, but also they have more time, you know? Right. They have more time. That's what I tell myself. I This brings up a only tangentially related thing, but we just got out of a meeting that went a little long, uh, but this has still been on my mind this entire time, is that Dylan mentioned uh, how old he was during that meeting, and it was the first time I have ever um, worked with anyone professionally who is younger than me. Wait, how old is he? What did he say? He was. It was nineteen ninety seven. He said he was four years old. So he's got to be three years twenty five. Wow, 
and I'm 28. And I've always been the youngest person working at Aww. any place I've worked at. <laughs> and he said that, and it's been stuck in my brain this entire time. <laughs> and I just could like feel my cells decaying in front well, of me. If it makes you feel any better, I've had a boss who is probably like eight years younger than me. Oh, Jesus. And that makes you feel like, huh, what have I been doing for the last 80 years? <laughs> but, uh,. Yeah, other than that, you know, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Showdown, and that's going to, I want to talk about that later when we get into the that piece, into that the portion Pokemon. of the broadcast, but um, for people who don't know, Pokemon Showdown is basically, it's what's called a battle simulator, so um, instead of having to, like, it's like, it's it's the just the battles part of the game, it's none of, like, the training or, like, exploring or any of that stuff, hmm. all it is is a, is a way to simulate the battling aspect of it and um so you don't have to like spend time like leveling up so like the way i think about it is like it's like playing magic cards except you don't have to buy them you're just printing them out right um so there's not like that time or money element involved and like so you can just be like oh i want to try a light bird with um you know fake out and whatever like these moves that you'd normally have to breed to get and it would be a pain in the ass and like i want you know, all the IVs to be, like, what I want them to be and all the stats to be what I want them to be, like, within, like, the constraints of the game. Um, And I want to see how that works. Oh, it didn't work that well. Okay, I'll try something else. Um, So that's, like, what's cool about that is, like, the metagame changes so quickly because there's no, like, oh, I got to train up a new fucking match champ or whatever. (laughs) Um, And what I like to play on that is there's a, a mode that's just random, so it gives you and your opponent six random Pokemon. And uh, it has some kind of algorithm to balance which ones you get and what their levels are. And you don't see what like your theirs are. You only see them as they come out. And it's really just like, okay, I don't have to worry about like team building. Once you sort of like see each Pokemon once or twice, you sort of come to expect like what it's capable of. And at that point, it's basically just pure Yomi of like, okay, I know that this person is going to do this, but if they know that I'm, that I think they're going to do that, then they might do this instead. <laughs> and it's a matter of just like out guessing and anticipating, um, which is really fun. So I've been doing a lot of that. And then I started playing fantasy star two today. Oh, like, like fantasy star two, not, not fantasy online. Star, online fantasy star huh. offline. <laughs> oh, right. The official um, name. So I was really big into PSO when it came out, and um, and PSO 1 and 2, I never, like PSO Episode 1 and 2, which was on the GameCube, that's as far as I got. I didn't, I haven't played any of the newer ones, but I always liked that world. Like, it just seemed really weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have this um, Sega Genesis collection on my Switch, uh, which is really cool, actually. It's like a bunch of games, and it's in this cool little interface where you're like in some virtual room. And you like put the cartridges in the Genesis and like it has like posters up on the wall and you can hear like crickets outside at night. Um, Wow. It's really cool. That's next level. And the, um, all of the games, like the emulation has quick saves and quick loads and it has rewind and um, speed up buttons. Okay. So like, I don't normally play JRPGs because like there are a lot of grinding. There's like a lot of like obscure stuff. I don't know. But when I can just, like, hold the button down to make battles go faster, um, 
grinding is a lot easier. And that game is like, you know, it's supposed to be like one of the big landmark like JRPGs. Um, and it is like, I'm, it's like, oh, this is a really weird game <laughs> because it's not like, oh, it's a Final Fantasy like, um, or like a, um, you know, Dragon Quest or whatever, where it's just like a fantasy thing. It's like, no, it's in space in the future. And like, it's kind of like Dune-like and like, oh, these environmental controls are going haywire and we got to figure out what's going on. Um, is is so, there like a overarching story between like one fantasy yeah, star to the next? Yeah, there, I think so. Um, I know the second one is like a thousand years after the first one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's, it's kind of like Dune in that respect. Um, but I'm pretty sure they're all like set basically in the same universe. I don't know what the timeline is like, or if like Fantasy Star Online was a reboot. I'm sure I could just look that up, but, um, yeah. That information exists. Yeah. It's a known quantity. There are four of them on the Genesis and, um, I kind of just wanted like, okay, just like a, a dumb relaxing grindy game where I can make numbers go up mm-hmm. and um I was thinking of getting Skyrim again <laughs> but uh <laughs> but I'm like no I'll just make some make some little anime people attack some weird monsters and see their level go up I guess that's fine um so yeah that's well, you, that's kind of what I've been doing you might actually be selling me on looking into that because I you mentioned that in like our work slack last night that you were mm-hmm. looking for like a grindy game and I just mm-hmm. thought to myself, boy, I could really go for one of those right about now, too. Yeah, sometimes they're good. Sometimes yeah. that's what you need. There are, like, two classes of games that I really, really, like, always fall into. And it's uh, the games like Destiny, where it's, like, extremely, extremely, like, heavy lore. Uh, that I just want to, like, know all the story and stuff like that. And in the case of, like, a Destiny, especially, it's very much, like, not front-facing lore. But I love to dig, dig deep into that stuff um, whenever possible. And then I also just love, like, just let me sit here for 150 hours. I Like, right before uh, kind of things started kicking off uh, with for the spring months, I was playing... Um, Dragon Quest Eleven, and that is such a good game for that. <laughs> it's just like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna grind. Like they they have they know exactly what they're gonna make wh- or what they're making with those games, and it's just perfectly balanced battles that allow you to continue to grind without getting in your way too much, but also not letting you uh, just completely waltz all over the enemies throughout that world. I got to a point with it where I was just like, <sighs> dra- spoilers for Dragon Quest Eleven. If people don't want to hear this, skip ahead like thirty seconds or something like that. You get to the end of that game, uh, one of your party members dies, and you end up going back in time, like in the post-game, after the credits roll, you can go back in time and basically replay, like, the last back half of that game. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. But, like, all the bosses are way harder, and, like, a a new main enemy gets reawakened, and, like, so you're working towards trying to kill a different final boss, and the character who died. It's basically, it's literally the the Final Fantasy VII joke of, like, how do you, like, like, uh, save Aerith? How do you bring her Mm -hmm. back to life or whatever? It's literally they made a game where you can kind of do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you go back, and it's, it's like, oh, instead of, like, in this timeline, you uh, kick Sephiroth's ass, like, 20 minutes in. And, oh no, Sephiroth was actually, like, sealing away an even worse villain, and you got, and now all the enemies are, like, their eyes are all green. It's the same enemies you've been fighting the entire game, but they're all green, and they do more damage. And, like, 
that was just a slight bridge too far for me at that point, and I kind of fell mm-hmm. off at that after that. <clears throat> uh, and I've just been, yeah, I've, I've been looking to recapture that like just total mind like mindless stuff. And the way I've kind of been doing that a little bit is with uh, Dragalia Lost, uh, which is a gotcha game. It's kind of like a little uh, team based. RPG Diablo-y thing that uh, we actually had a piece go up on the site about recently, kind of talking about, uh, or even today, actually, the piece went up, talking about, like, how a lot of these gotcha games are very uh, het, <laughs> and just, mm-hmm. like, a male gazy harem simulators, and uh, this one is actually extremely good about, like, being a lot more queer and inclusive in that way. It's still kind of gross in the sense that you're still just paying money f- to go on dates with characters and like literally you're literally paying money to like get uh, to, to like take slot machine roles to get the gay one right <laughs> like to... <laughs> yeah uh-huh uh but even then actually they've and i think that this game is a lot better about some of that stuff even at that point in the i don't i didn't get all the way through the article uh that went up on our site today so i don't know if it addresses this but uh, like they just had a valentine's day event and i had actually fallen off dragalio lost for a little bit uh for about two events worth of uh content and i came back during the valentine's day event and they were trying something completely different where previously it the only way you got to experience like the content around like the story content for the individual characters and see and go on dates with them basically and like learn about them and whatnot was if you got them out of this slot machine random role thing um mm-hmm. but during the valentine's day event that they, they still have that you still like get the random role and then you can like, go on the five chapters of their story or whatever but they also just had like hey, here's a three-chapter arc that everybody can access and you get rewards for watching it, uh, just like everything else. And it's just part of the event. And that is one of the ones that is, like, the top (laughs) image on uh, our article is, like, the uh, Orion, who's, like, this very uh, cliche anime dude character that is, like, hitting on every woman that moves kind of guy. But in that uh, Valentine's Day event, they, they, like very much more explicitly like have him say like ah actually i think i might be like in love with you too male protagonist character (laughs) uh and you get to see that you know without having to get that random role type stuff and like i don't know i'm i'm i know i'm basic and i know like i'm the person who like two episodes ago on this podcast said that they went out to go like buy like bl two, two hours before the podcast started but uh i'm just very easily uh taken in by that stuff maybe but i don't know it's been it's been just enough it's been grindy enough and also enjoyable enough in that weird like little dating simmy way that uh it's been kind of keeping my attention for a little bit but i think i'm starting to get to a point where i need something a little bit meatier just a just something that like isn't quite just trying to reach into my pockets so much mm-hmm. and i i haven't found it quite yet i don't think yeah well maybe who knows maybe it'll be a fantasy star <laughs> maybe. maybe it'll be like a 30 year old <laughs> semi-inscrutable role-playing game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who knows who stranger knows? things have happened <laughs> uh, it's, it's definitely not anthem i'll say that I, anthem could have been that and I, I can see the parts where it kind of gets there but it's just not worth it right now yeah <sighs> well we all you know they tried they yeah, tried they, they sure did <laughs> I don't know what they tried, but they, you know. <sighs> well. I think that's um, most of the important stuff I've been playing. Cool. Do you want to move on to um, what what's going on in the world? 
Can I say no? <laughs> is that I mean, an acceptable answer? That, if you say no, I guess the podcast is over. All right, everybody. Like, great talking to you. Uh, we'll see you next week on. Fan- <laughs> uh, yeah, holy boy, it's been a it's been a wild three days, huh? It's three been, three sort of days, I think. It's been yeah, wow. It's been a hell of a week, and it's only halfway over. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, much as I. Uh, loathe to uh quote tina fey on anything be like man what a week huh that's uh oh it's wednesday yeah 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 if anybody doesn't out there in uh podcast land does not know what we are referring to we're referring to a bunch of different things and i think um the first one i have at least uh, listed on my uh show notes here is that a game called devotion was uh pulled off steam recently a taiwanese uh game that we were actually going to hopefully have uh Maybe in the future we will still bring a guest on to discuss the greater specifics of it, but it was basically like a uh, Taiwanese game was the victim of some metabombing, which is definitely also a big thing just going on in like media in general right now with Captain Marvel also happened. And if people don't know what metabombing is, that's like using bots and sort of astroturfed online fuckboy hatred of a thing to try and like drive down the review score of a game or a movie or whatever on sites like Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes to try and get people to think that it's bad um, because you do not like that, What as is often the case, you don't like that there's a lady in it <laughs> or, or whatever it happens to be. And in the case of Devotion, it seems to be wrapped into some like political situations that I don't think I am fully educated on enough to like say exactly what the, like who is in the right and wrong other than like, it sounds like the developers have been getting harassed pretty badly because there was a piece of art in the game that uh, showed a picture of the current sitting Chinese president uh, next to a picture of Winnie the Pooh, which is apparently a chi- like a, a widespread Jap or Japanese uh, Chinese meme uh, that the president of China does not take kindly to, and it is heavily heavily censored on the internet. Uh, and has been responsible for certain movies and games and stuff being allowed to premiere in China. Like, the last Mm -hmm. two Winnie the Pooh movies were not uh, aired in China specifically because of this. And uh, Devotion... uh, I played a tiny... I actually played a tiny bit of Devotion last night in kind of preparation to talk about it a little bit more. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it seems like a really cool game. It's it's very PT-like. It's kind of like a horror game set entirely in a single apartment building, um, which immediately makes me think of Silent Hill 4 The Room, so it just... endears itself to me instantaneously uh and i did i played maybe like 25 minutes of it and yeah it's it's just it's very creepy and atmospheric game but uh yeah it ended up getting uh pulled off of and actually like the the advanced word on it seemed to be very positive people seemed like they were really really enjoying it like i just kind of randomly saw it um being tweeted about from pc gamer or something like that and ended up buying it kind of sight unseen for 16 bucks on steam and then uh now you can no longer do that you can't buy it on steam because it has been taken down uh truly wild yeah truly wild um huh yeah i know i think we're gonna be talking about that more um next week because uh yeah that's we'll go into the uh, specifics of you know yeah that's a big a big one like pulling it off steam it sounds like so original this is one thing i did read today which like the original talk around this made it sound like and this is partially just i think because valve is so such a black box about everything they maybe could have come out and said something 
Uh, but they did not. Uh, so it sounded like there for a while that it was being pulled off of Steam because like Valve had twisted the developer. Re- developer is called Red Candles, I want to say. Uh, it sounded like maybe Valve had pull, uh, twisted their arms a little bit. Uh, and maybe they did. I don't actually know. But whatever the case is, uh, internally, Red Candles did come out and say, uh, we pulled it down uh, ourselves. Uh, we pulled it down because we are going to remove uh, certain art. They did not specify what the art was. But we're gonna, we pulled it down uh, and we're going to run it through more QA stuff and see what happens. Uh, I don't know if it's coming back on Steam or if you can buy it anywhere else besides Steam right now. Uh, I don't know if it's like on Itch or something. Uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of a bad situation by the sound of it. And then kind of no matter which way, like the wind blows uh, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a great uh, uh, segue into oh, yeah. our, ne- our next point, which is uh, you were talking about um, Silent Hill for the room. Mm hmm. And um, I just wanted to say, hi, Mark. <laughs> hi, Mark. <laughs> the room. Okay, yeah. Hi, Mark. Shout like, out to Mark. Like all great segues, you preceded it by saying, I've got a great segue. <laughs> and you I find delivered. A, the best segue is the time when you have to explain what you are about to do. Uh-huh. Um, for me, that really makes it good. Yeah, that's the essence. That's what everybody says is the essence of comedy is uh, yeah, explanation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The more, the better. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a good segue because we're talking about Mark. From was, do we actually know who Mark is in all this? Was Mark one of the HN guys, or was he a it, THQ Nordic? I assumed he was an HN guy because they said that they would have someone that would take care of all of the moderation nasty stuff or whatever. <laughs> Shout out to Mark. They the boy, they did not. Uh, for people who don't know what we're talking about, THQ Nordic, which is kind of a, uh, I don't, like a shell company. <laughs> it's like a, a weird sort of, it was original. It's, it, so there's a publisher out there called THQ Nordic that uh, is basically been in the news for the last couple of years in the wake of THQ, the toy headquarters, uh, falling Wait, apart. Wait, is that what that bankrupt. stands for? Yeah. holy fuck it stands for something wow Uh, or at least it did I don't know it just sounds like they don't stand for much at all anymore THQ used to stand for something (laughs) it was toy headquarters it was very specific Uh, you can find it on their masthead wow yeah, the toy headquarters, uh, famous for going bankrupt after making a bunch of uh, shitty like Wii tablets that nobody bought Um, fell apart a bunch of their uh, products and uh, franchises and IPs were kind of like bought up across the world and kind of split up and sold off. I believe Steep Silver got the Red Faction and uh, maybe not Red Faction. I kind of actually remember. Uh, but they got the Saints Row stuff. They got Saints Row, yeah. Yeah, which same developer as Red Faction, but I think actually THQ Nordic has uh, Red Faction. Uh, and yeah, THQ, uh, Nordic, uh, a company called Nordic something, um, bought the rights to the name and a bunch of the IPs that they held and has in the time since been just like swallowing up a bunch of IPs and like republishing them under different names and occasionally doing HD remakes. They put out Darksiders 3, I think is probably their most recent prestige thing. Um, they... Well, yeah, ooh, like, you know, so you know they mean business when they're putting out a, pro- a high-quality product like Darksiders 3. I actually really like those first two games. Those games I played both of them. I'm not going to fucking lie to you. 
<laughs> I, I, did, did you like the first two? Did you? Did you I mean, them? I finished them. Mm, did okay. I like them? Okay. I mean, mm. um. I liked that they're dumb as hell. And I wish that they <laughs> leaned into that more because their game's about controlling fucking children of angels and humans or something. The who, Nephilim. Or, yeah, no, the Nephilim are the the creatures that were created to keep the peace between the angels and the demons, I think. Boy. Uh, this all gets mixed up in my head with Diablo 3 lore, too. I, of course it would. And <laughs> it's all just spawn. It, it all just looks yeah. like spawn to me. And, like... It, it, those games are so funny because, like, in the second game, you are death. You're the personification of the concept mm-hmm. of of death. And you spend a significant part of the game solving block puzzles, <laughs> pushing blocks around in dungeons because death can't quite climb up a ledge that's a little higher than he is. And he but, needs a block. Yeah, but... But also, it's like Prince of Persia with loot. That's cool. That's really cool. And uh, also, they they uh, they are just like, oh hey, portal was fun, huh? What yeah, if we it was. just had the, what if we just had the portal gun in both of the games? Except it's not like that <laughs> at all because you can only use it at predetermined places. And what if there was an achievement when you got the portal gun in the second game where it says the cake is a lie? Would yeah, that be fun? I can't. Anyway, defend, I'm not. I can't. Defend anyway, that part. I finished them and. <laughs> I'm there's like a, a chance that I'll play three in like two years when it's on sale. Well, I think I will say this for, it sounds like we are on different sides of the fence about uh, one and two. It sounds like there is no, there are no sides when it comes to three, three sounds like it's just bad. <laughs> it does not sound worth going back to. Uh, but uh, yeah, THQ Nordic uh, to get back to the actual thing that they did was they basically uh, decided to do a PR stunt where they did an Ask Me Anything Reddit-style thing on 8chan. Not 2chan or 4chan. 8chan. Which is uh, sort of... How would you best describe that, the whole mess? How would you describe... What what word would you use to, to describe 8chan? Um... I mean, really, you, I think you, it's two words that I would I would use. Uh-huh. Um, child pornography would probably yeah. be my two words for that website, um, which is uh, known best for that, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I think it's a, definitely a situation where the content definitely describes the product uh, better than anything. Yep. Uh, it is a nightmare factory uh, for horrible, horrible people that do horrible things. And uh, THQ decided to like say, thought, looked at that and said, "Well, we see an up." I think the exact quote was like, "Well, we saw an opportunity and we took it because they, like, I believe, HN reached out to them asking them if they wanted to." I don't even remember what game they were trying to like promote. What were they? Were they trying to promote anything? Was it was it Darksiders Three? Like I should have had this information in front of me, but it wasn't Darksiders Three. Doesn't matter. Not really. <laughs> I mean, uh, the funny thing uh, to me is their whole we saw an opportunity thing. Like, wait, do you think you need permission to post on an image board? Like, right. uh, that opportunity was always there before they asked you to do it. But oh, it doesn't mean it was a good thing to do. <laughs> right. I mean, that was like the that was definitely the 
besides the shout out to Mark, which was the I think the uh, Twitter, uh, the THQ of Nordic official Twitter account, like said shout out to Mark in reference to the moderator who was going to moderate that AMA, uh, <laughs> became an instant meme. Um, mm-hmm. The other meme that jumped out about, about around this sort of thing, which is definitely the best, you know. Uh, litmus test for the discourse uh, is what memes uh, popped up on social media around this. Uh, was de- it was uh, people saying like, ah, oh, there was just this uh, lead tainted water sitting here on a table, and we drank it. We saw an opportunity, and we took it. <laughs> like it was like, why would you do this? <laughs> Wait, sorry, I'm just realizing that I I kind of assumed that Dark Siders Three still wasn't out, but it did come out last oh, year. Oh yeah, yes <laughs> it I- did. Can I tell you what its uh, Metacritic score on Xbox One is? I would love it if you did that. I'll give you a hint. It's a very nice score indeed. Oh. 420. <laughs> the sex 420 number. 420 <laughs> out of 100. Uh-huh. The sex number. Yep. Is that's that it. Good? You got it. Um, huh. <sighs> yeah. Huh. Well, you know, actually, I'm probably never going to play it. Who knows? Yeah. Who cares? It's, my understanding is that is that game is not very good. Uh, even for people who like those first two games. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what to make of this, really. Honestly, like, it... This could have... It who definitely... could have guessed that a company with Nordic in their title God, would have the... allied themselves with white supremacists? The who could have seen thing. this coming? Why isn't their name just, like, THQ Stormfront at this point or something? Right. Like... Uh, 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the what the fuck happened. What the fuck? What the fuck? Like, I do like the. I don't know. There is. I definitely saw some talk around this, like going into like there is definitely, and this is a thing that has def, uh, popped up in video games as much as anything, uh, if not more so, in the past few years of like PR people and marketing, like trying like doing this weird sort of brinksmanship of like seeing how far they can push the envelope just to piss mm-hmm. people off, so to get more attention that way. Uh, yeah. I mean. And that's nothing new. Like fucking Manhunt came out in on the PlayStation Two, right? Like that was people doing that stuff back in the day. That was like sure. EA sending out fucking brass knuckles to press in the mail and stuff. Uh, but uh, but I think this this is definitely like them. This is like a huge. Uh, there is there is a, a uh, instinct here to kind of like give them the benefit of the doubt and say like, well, maybe like there's no possible way they could have known like how bad this thing that they were actually doing it was because if they knew it was that bad, they never would have done it. But I think that's giving a company like this too much credit because there's no possible way they didn't know how bad it was. The only thing I think is that they maybe didn't realize that this was a lot, that child pornography is still a line that like the vast majority of (laughs) people are not willing to cross. Uh, it's a pretty bipartisan. T- well, mm, <laughs> I don't quite know about that. But yeah, okay. I don't know. I'm looking at the list of thing of properties that THQ Nordic has acquired over the years. There's some buck wild stuff in here. So like, there's two categories of really wild stuff. There's mm. things that are like, wait, really? They own that now? And then there's <laughs> things that are like. No one's ever heard of this. This is nothing. This was like an iOS game that maybe made a few thousand dollars and they bought it for some reason. That latter category includes games such as Vegas Fruit Slots. Uh, uh, okay. Um, Farm Invasion USA. Dynamite Fishing, which um, 
can't help but wonder if that's a clone of a popular Vlambeer game. Hmm. Um, I don't like fishing. Apocalypse. Okay. These are uh, all phone games, right? <laughs> and uh, Save the Puppies. But then the games that I can't believe that they actually own now. Right. They, okay. Yep. So they, they own the rights to Time Splitters. Yep. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur. Which... Yep. <laughs> okay, no, I got that confused for a second. No, continue, sorry. That's the Todd McFarlane one, I think. The, no, yes. Yeah, yes, that, he, was. It, that is Todd McFarlane, uh, R.A. Salvatore. Presents Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, an R.A. Salvatore joint. Which, that that was the 38 Studios. Uh, That's the game Kurt that destroyed Schilling. them. Yeah. Well, yeah. you could argue there was other problems at play there. Well, that, that game was actually okay. The, the it Kingdoms was, of I, I did itself. play it, yeah. Um... They own Alone in the Dark, <laughs> Goat Simulator. Wow, uh, they own Goat Simulator? Sanctum, Second Sanct- Sight. Huh. I, they, some of these are just weird. They own Gianna Sisters, which is weird. What? Uh, Gianna Sisters is a whole weird ball of wax all on my God. They on own Jagged own. Alliance. That's the thing is they they own a lot of games that nobody actually cares about, but like games that like a a small subset of people would really love to see come back, like Jagged yeah. Alliance, uh, oh, Time and, Splitters, and X versus ATV. There you Destroy go. Destroy all humans. They do you own Red Faction now? Okay, uh, yeah. The outfit. Damn, there's wow, just the a lot of stuff here. Damn. They just yeah. been buying shit up for like years and yes that's like their whole thing Mm -hmm. well i was looking at their their wiki page and like there's a a quote from lars wingfors um who is the founder i don't know what his other titles are um at the moment but he said that uh thq spent 50 million dollars making darksiders 2 we can produce a product of the same quality but for a lower cost 50 million dollars is ridiculous i can't afford that Many of our IPs will only generate 50k a year, but it's still money. Sure, it's amounts that EA and the big guys wouldn't care about, but now we have hundreds of IPs, and in a few years, we'll have a few hundred more. It will add up to something much bigger. So that's a thing. That's like actually a. That's actually a uh, a business model that I can almost uh, that I actually kind of like can get behind sure with, yeah i mean i think 50 million dollars is a stupid amount of money to spend making a video right. game yeah i mean i understand that it costs that much to like I, I mean i'm not saying like don't pay people but like i just you know maybe video games shouldn't be that big <laughs> like, right well that's the other thing too is like how much of that money like in the when that actually comes down to it like actually goes to the people you know and how much of that is like licensing rights to engines and different things that go all over the place and whatnot like yeah. you know uh, I'm not a business analyst uh, for video games, I, uh, so I, I don't quite know how that goes. But yeah, like overbloated triple uh, A game publishing and development is definitely like a problem, and I think oftentimes we see the aftermath of that with these like games. I, I think Square Enix is a pretty good example of like, oh, we we put out Tomb Raider and it only sold seven million copies, and we consider it a failure. <laughs> it's just like, what are you guys doing over there? Where are yeah. you putting all this money? Um, and then it ends up being, well, this game, this great game only sold 7 million copies and that's not enough to make our investment back. So we're going to fire everybody because like wherever, like however those business decisions get made, the people who end up paying for it at the end are always the people at the bottom. And 
taking IPs uh, that are like somewhat interesting and giving them off to smaller teams to do some smaller but also per perhaps interesting I like things with them like a jagged alliance mobile game or something like that like given off to a team that was like actually interested in not you know making a jagged alliance I don't know uh, gotcha but like a there are interesting mobile games out there for sure and like if you could give that to somebody who's going to make one for three dollars and it's like okay this is how we're going to present this and we're going to do something interesting with the brand for very little money because we're going to put it on phones but the install base is going to be huge so over time people will check it out like that is something i can get behind but then <laughs> like their thing seems to be also a, like there's it seems to be like a large element of this that is very uh we the, we want to make sure that our audience is as wide as possible and what that usually ends up meaning for a lot of these companies is we don't want to piss off or we want to engender ourselves to the uh gamergate crowd and like the alt-right and weird people like that um and using dog whistle tactics and like going on to different uh websites like 8chan to try and get their attention and show them that we are with them even if we're not actually going out there and saying hey we got your back fam <laughs> like but we like hey we're gonna come to where you live and say here look at our game and you and you know you'll know that we're actually we're talking to you gamers uh that kind of stuff is just so fucking vile it's not great <clears throat> yeah i, I think just, uh, i would say yeah oh it's that's, bad. A, that's a pretty hot take merit but uh you know i i, I try it. to really push the envelope in terms of my takes, so I think it's not great is where I land on that one. Do you want to move on to yeah. something that isn't horrible? Uh, well, yeah. uh, well, unless <laughs> we're going to get really critical here and talk about why the <laughs> 10 ways Nintendo is messing up Pokemon. One, uh, it's different from what I want. Two, it's not the game that I want. Three, it's for babies. Four, um, there's no Digimon in this one. Five, <laughs> hey, why, why mm. doesn't Pikachu have a gun? Six, why isn't it a Battle Royale? Seven, how many did I say we were going to do? Seven, I think. Uh, Eight. Fortnite, where's Fortnite? F put Fortnite in the game, all right? Come on. Put Fortnite po Pokemon. Nine, put Pokemon in Fortnite. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, so we got Pokemon Sword and Shield. And can I just say those names? Like, I appreciate that they're moving on from, like, the... You know, they were there were colors, and then there were gemstones, and then yeah, there rubies. were metals, and then they kind of went back to colors. And then sun they went and to moon. letters, and now they're at Sun and Moon. Sword and Shield, I feel like we're getting to the point where they're starting to sound like Mega Man... Uh, uh, Star right. Forest games. Um, mm -hmm. Pokemon Sword and Shield and those logos look to me like, um, like you know when Mega Man Battle Network came out and it was like, okay, sure. That, yeah, I see that. And then you had Mega Man Battle Network 2 and then Mega Man Battle Network 3 White and Blue. Wait, wait a second. There is a Mega Man Battle Network for Red Sun and Blue Moon. <laughs> but then when you get to Metal Man, Mega Man Battle Network 6, it's Psybeast Gregar and Psybeast Falzar. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, I never played those games, but, like, that's the exact level of uh, titling I would expect from the fourth Mega Man Battle Network <laughs> duo. And then with Mega Man Star Force, it's, like, Leo, Dragon, and Pegasus. And I feel like Sword and Shield, I'm just like... 
I, it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I mean, welcome to Pokemon, Gov. <laughs> so, welcome, and, uh, welcome to Merry Old England with the swords and shields. And I actually thought you were going to say, too, uh, when you brought up Mega Man, I thought you were going to mention, like, oh, we start with Flame Man and, you know, whatever, like, fairly basic, like, primal constructs or whatever. And then by the time we get to Mega Man 9, it's like, Cow Man and <laughs> Splash Woman. Yeah, uh, please, please. It was Sheep Man. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. You're... Please. Well, there's also we England, a baseball so. man whose name was, I want to say Strike Man, but wow. I could be wrong about that. He was just a big baseball. Um, so, yeah, okay. We got a new Pokemon game coming out. We got a new mainline yeah. game, which is what everyone was wanting. When Gen 8, Le- baby. When Let's Go came out, like all of these fans were like, where is the Gen 8 game? Where is the mainline Pokemon game for the Switch? I want to play a new Pokemon game. And um, to me, right now, I don't know. I'm I'm glad people are happy about it. I'm like, that's super cool. Maybe I'll end up playing it when I learn more. Right now, it looks like the world's okayest Pokemon game to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Basically, it seems to be like, with, with Let's Go, they kind of made this gesture towards like, okay, we're going to incorporate some stuff from Go because that was so big. Right. Into a console game and kind of, you know, push away from the established formula a little bit and then now it does seem like they're like hey, yeah forget that though that was to get people in and now you're on the train that is the pokemon games which have been going for like 20 years at this point right yeah and uh i i'm going to be honest like i i think i finished sun and moon but it took me like months same with x and y like i was just like okay i mean I guess there's mega evolutions and like, you know, Z crystals, but like, and, and I say this as someone who plays Pokemon showdown every day, <laughs> the battling is really good. It's like a deep system. And like people mm-hmm. make fun of competitive players for being like, no, it's not about joy. You have to like get EV points and stuff. But like, if you're playing on a simulator, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Um, it's just, it just comes down to like strategy and like, you know, outsmarting your opponent. Um, but the grind and the random battles and like <sighs> all of that stuff, I've, we've been doing it for 20 years. So what I really want to see and will never happen in like a million years is Nintendo just being like, okay, here's two Pokemon games. One of them is basically just a battle mode where you have like rental Pokemon and it's just showdown basically it's just battles there's no leveling or grinding or anything like that you just create a team and you battle people online if you, if nintendo creates that with a subscription service and like if they work with the showdown people which again would never ever happen <laughs> that would be insane it would be so good um and then just make another game that's like we took all of the crunch out of Pokemon. So it's way more like Animal Crossing or like you're just wandering around the world, going on a Pokemon adventure with your best friend and you don't have to worry about like levels. You don't have to worry about like, oh, do I have enough potions on me or anything? Like just make it much more of like a pleasant experience. And like, because it just right now as it is, feels like, like there's two different things. Like that, that series is like battling and then like the friendship stuff and it doesn't really work together at this point, I don't think. And obviously I don't know anything because, you know, millions of people are still going to buy it, but I guess I'm just tired. 
millions of people are going to buy it, but how many do you think of those millions are going to finish it, right? That's true. You could say that about any uh, about like any video game, really. Like, it, yeah, people notoriously do not finish video games. But I like, mean, I think the thing is, like at this point, why would they do something different? Because it's going to sell even if they don't. So, like, just update the graphics, introduce a new mechanic, and bring in a new region, bring in some new Pokemon, and, um, you know, call it a day. And I don't mean to be cynical about it, but, like, I'm just saying, like, there's really no reason why they would want to take a chance to do something super weird. And, yeah, it's... It is strange, though, right? Like, because it runs so counter to, I think, like, what it felt like they were building up to and also like the different narratives that we've seen in the development of Nintendo games in the past with, uh, I think the legend of Zelda is definitely the like, yeah. big, you know, where a link between worlds came out. And it was like, that was very much there. Like, okay, here's kind of a last hurrah kind of idea for like, you guys are getting kind of tired of the same old, same old formula by the time of skyward sword. Uh, like here's a legend of Zelda game that splits the difference because it's the same overworld as a link to the past. And, but, also, we're going to do all this weird stuff where you can, like, rent the weapons and go to any place you want in the world and, like, let you sequence break in all these weird ways. And that's kind of, like, both giving a last hurrah to old-style uh, Legend of Zelda while also paving the way for some weird new stuff. And then what we got was Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is, like, a huge departure from everything. And it seemed like they were kind of moving in that same direction with Pokemon. With right. uh, and I mean, go. even yeah. Odyssey, too. Like, Odyssey in ways is a very traditional, like, 3D Mario game, but the structure of it is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, like, not even without getting into the Cappy stuff, like, maybe not quite as extreme as Breath of the Wild, but still, like, a pretty big experiment. And then, if if there isn't that same kind of spirit in the Pokemon game, it's just like, well. Okay, I guess. I mean, again, like, I'm glad people are excited about it, and I don't want to, like, bring anyone down. And this No, is just, no. I guess this is just me, like, wanting to see that same kind of, like, willingness to really try something different. Right. Um, that I just, I don't know. I don't, right now I don't see that, but this is also a very short video, and, like, who knows? Like, maybe it will end up being much different from what we're expecting based on these like five minutes of footage. Right. Like, I mean, there's two things to that. Like one, this is a very Nintendo type move as well to like early in the year, release a very short direct with just like, Hey, here's some like very basic information. Here's a name. Here's three starter Pokemon. And then, well, we'll see you at E3 when we're going to have a 45 minute Nintendo direct where we're really just going to blow it out with this thing. And like, so there's definitely room for them to get really granular and talk about all the different things that they want to do with this game. If there is any indeed anything they want to do. The other thing too, is like, I guess it's worth probably mentioning that Nintendo doesn't own Pokemon. Like they, work with Game Freak, you know, they, mm-hmm. they publish those games, but they don't actually own that IP. The, the, right. the, I believe the, the Pokemon company the Pokemon owns company that IP. does, yeah. Um, so I wonder if that is just, like, indicative of a different spirit of development. Maybe, like, you know, the company that is very, very protective of that one particular IP, because that's the one particular IP that they have that's super successful. Uh, yeah. You know, that's the only thing I can think of, like, because, you know, it doesn't have to be the same spirit if it's not the same people tilling the ship. It's true. It's true. And actually, the guy who's the director on this one, he was the director on Sun and Moon as well, and he's been working on the series as far back as Ruby. 
So, yeah. (laughs) So they've had, like, a lot of, I think, their core people have sort of been around for a grip. Um, It was very common for Japanese game development. Yes, yeah, very common. And, but yeah, that doesn't mean that they can't try different things because a lot, like, you know, looking at Nintendo, like, you know, a lot of the same people, Ijea Numa and other folks involved in Zelda were just like, doing wild stuff so maybe you're right maybe it is just like they have this one thing and they're like okay this is this is it this is like our baby we don't have like three different babies we're carrying um and if we drop one of them then that's okay because we've still got two more this is a bad Uh metaphor but tell me about more dead babies Merritt. what's the you know i didn't say they were dead i just said you dropped it and you'll have to pick it up but like dust it off it's still good it's still good. It's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm... It, it is weird. It's weird. I'm willing to be surprised. I hope I will be. Um, at the end of the day, again, like, what I think doesn't matter because <laughs> it's going to do well. Like, it's it's um, the first Pokemon game for a console, like... Then let's go, I guess. Well, I mean, gen. yeah, I mean, yeah, the first like original generation, because you've had like Coliseum and weird stuff like that. But this is, yeah, the first like full release for a console. And that's a big deal. Yeah. I'd... And I don't know. It's going to I think it's going to do well. And like um, I've, I've just tr- well, tried yeah. to like let go lately of being like, well, you know what? What I want? doesn't really matter that much in this regard and i can just keep playing showdown and they'll add those new pokemon and they'll settle into the metagame and um the only question at that point is are you team gricky or team sobble or team um score bunny score bunny the wascally wabbit uh are you asking me personally i am i am team sobble all the way interesting mm-hmm, interesting mm-hmm. Um, I think I, that is probably, I think if you polled people, I think Sobble is probably up there. Actually, though, I think Scorbunny is probably second because... Scorbunny was the top trending on Twitter. Oh, I've, I've seen so much art in like the last 12 hours of Scorbunny. Um, there's a really great piece of like a trainer playing a video game and the score bunny is just like pawing at him from the back. He's like, not now I'm busy. And then like the next frame, he like lifts up his foot and like heats it up and like kicks him. And he's just like, ah, um, so that's good. Everyone loves the rabbit. I love Grucky. I think Grucky is like a really cool little idiot who, the I, want, Pokemon. who I want to protect. Um, and it's, I don't know. I mean, they all sort of have the same profile, which is really weird to me. Like, they all have a thing on their head. Mm-hmm. Um, and their heads are all the uh, exact same shape. Like Their heads are all the exact same shape. And um, I like Grookey, I think. I look, I'm like, you know, historically, I'm a grass type. Um, Interesting. Okay. Grass type leader or devotee also i just saw a photo of pokemon sword pokemon shield pokemon gun Gun. (laughs) (laughs) and it just says gricky gang gricky gang gricky gang gricky gang um so yeah i don't i don't you you mentioned like that there's two categories of like pokemon fan and i you're you're right but i i do think that there is kind of 
another category of person of, of player out there who is like they're they're the super casual people that are like oh i either like okay i'm buying this game for my kid or i'm a kid or yeah. uh i remember playing this game these games uh, i played silver back in the day or whatever so i really want to get back in on that but i feel like that audience the the especially the like i remember these games as a kid i'm gonna buy them for my kid or i'm gonna get in now i feel like that audience has already been served and brought back in by let's go and ultra sun and ultra moon which were very much like big hurrah type things like ultra sun and ultra moon brought back giovanni like the team rocket was back and you know and Mm -hmm. also in that stuff like a lot of nostalgia type stuff for that and I guess, like, maybe the thinking is, like, okay, now that we've got them back, let's put them back on the normal train. But, like... Yeah. I feel... Because I feel like that's the position I was in. And then I got way into Ultra Moon uh, when I reviewed it. And then I bought uh, Let's Go recently and played it a little bit this morning. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm here for this, too. But now I am, like, okay, I want, like, I'm ready for the next thing. And the next, like, my... (laughs) my, the, The next thing for me was not, like... All right, we made Pokemon black and white again, but like 3D graphics this time. Like it's the same. We we we're still doing that. Like random encounters are back. It, it almost feels regressive in some ways because like let's go try the like the Chrono Trigger. You can see the monsters on the field type thing, and it's almost going backwards from some interesting ideas that they've tried there. And like let me fight the Pokemon in the wild. Like I get that that's like a, a thing, and like just catching them for XP and stuff like that is maybe like too casual for some people, but like. Let me see that, like, <laughs> random encounters where you can't see the, uh, the monsters or whatever in the world, in the tall grass or whatever, feels like such a step backwards. And the look, I look at the, the battles and, like, you know, going all the way back to Pokemon Stadium and stuff like that, Ugh. like, some of the coolest things about that was, like, oh, you get to see these Pokemon, like, standing around, like, actually using the moves. That Blastoise is using a Hydro Pump and it's, like, shooting out of his, like, guns. And, and we're still around. just seeing uh, a fucking pokemon jump forward spin its tail around and then it cuts over to pikachu and he like recoils a bit right that like that stuff is just i get it there's like 700 something of these little bastards it would be really hard to animate them all sort of like physically interacting but like wow really still still we don't have the bits and bites to make my pikachu jump and attack an onyx we have to see this like Again and again, again and again. It was and impressive in Coliseum, yeah, and, and Stadium, and now it's like, I guess. Yeah, it's just... Uh, uh, and I would almost think, like, I saw somebody in my mentions today basically saying, like, well, t- to me, let's go... Because uh, I had mentioned that it seems like, wow, this seems like they're just doing that, the Pokemon thing again. And somebody in my... Men- and like, I, I, or I, in that tweet, I had even mentioned, like, Okay, I thought Let's Go was them saying, like, all right, we're putting a cap on this style of Pokemon game for a little while, and we're, like, introducing some new concepts by moving in from Go, so of course, like, we can get away with it, because Go was so popular, so we can move in those mechanics and start to get people used to the idea that Pokemon is changing, and then they went back to the exact same thing, and then somebody in my mentions was like, um... My Twitter mentions for people who aren't as internet brain poisoned as us. Uh, Everyone knows what your mentions (laughs) are. Uh, Somebody in my mentions was like, well, I saw uh, Let's Go as them, like, getting the tech ready for the next game or whatever. It's like, well, if they were, if they have a head start on the tech, why can't they do something more interesting with it? Like, why is it still the same thing that it looked like for the past four games? Yeah. Uh, If they have that head start, because it looks, like, graphically, it looks pretty much exactly like Let's Go. 
Like, and I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here and saying, like, well, they just could use the same graphics. Like, it, it should be easy, right? Because, like, game development is hard. Like, like you said, animating all that stuff would be hard. But, like, if that wasn't the point of the, of doing that before, what was the point of it? Like, what is there? Like, it almost feels to me like they were moving in that direction we mentioned and got cold feet at the last second. That's kind of mm. what Sword and Shield looks like to me. Uh, and anyway, it's set in uh, uh, fantasy England. And that's that's the big thing, I guess. <laughs> The one thing I will say is, like, some of those shots reminded me of one of my favorite um, manga series is um, The Ancient Magus's Bride. Oh, sure. Okay. And uh, some of those shots really reminded me of that. And uh, I was like, okay, okay, I can kind of get into this fantasy England, old old time. Well, not old time, but it's, like, weirdly, like, Industrial Revolution yeah. England, kind of. It, it's uh, pastoral, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of I'm curious. Japanese Europe is very is fun. I like Valkyrie Chronicles as much as anybody. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I yeah, I think we actually went a it? lot longer than I was expecting, and uh, yeah, for just being the two of us. Uh, but it turns out there was a lot to talk about this week. There was. Uh, just I don't know. Just to like end on one on a, a little bit of a thing there like you mentioned this too we're, i don't think we're hating on pokemon like i don't this game seems like it'll be perfectly fun and perfectly fine for, uh, yeah for, for, well that's what i mean though it's like it, it'll be like the world's okay as pokemon game like it'll be fine yep. it's not gonna sure, be totally bad of course it's not gonna be bad but it's just like i guess you know you, you just want more sometimes we just wanted more yeah yep. but who knows we could be surprised. Yep. Yeah, come E3. I'll be very interested to see what uh, Nintendo has planned for its E3 Direct this year to see if, like, they're maybe, you know, maybe they are just showing, like, the very traditional type stuff to get people interested and stuff. And maybe they've got a ton of tricks up their sleeve that we just haven't encountered yet. Because um, clearly that brand is willing to allow itself to take some weird risks considering we just got that detective pikachu trailer number two saw the inside of a lick of okay we, spleen. we gotta stop because otherwise i'm gonna be talking about how all the pokemon look like i don't know wet chairs yeah. in like punk houses that i've been to okay th- yeah we can't we gotta save that for a future uh article so we can't burn it on this podcast yeah yeah I think that's all we need to talk about for this week. So, uh, yeah, thank you everyone for listening uh, with us on the Fanbyte podcast, Govna. On the Fanbyte podcast. Nope, I can't do it at all. <laughs> this is bad. Uh, well, I, I mean, I can't do it either. So, but you committed you know. to the, you were able to commit to the bit at the very least. Well, yeah. All right. But anyway, where where are you? <sighs> North Dakota right now. It's kind of okay. cold. Yeah, um, in my apartment. Online. Oh, uh, you can find my writing at uh, fanbyte.com, uh, where I have different articles go up every six months or so when I'm not editing other people's stuff. And then you can also read my uh, tweets on t- the Twitter and get in my mentions about game development at, at Steven Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. Where can people find you, Barrett? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter, Merritt K. Um, and yeah, I'm, you know, I'm occasionally throwing something up on, <laughs> we keep talking about this. That's a good, that's a bad phrase to use. Just keep um, puking all over that website. Keep puking <laughs> on that website, you know? Um, yeah, you know, I'll occasionally toss up something on there, but, uh, yeah, mostly I'm on Twitter and then I'm doing edits and I'm here. So, um, 
I think huh. that's that's it for the show this week. So um, we always like to end the show with our classic sign-off that's printed on merch everywhere. <laughs> and uh, Stephen, would you say that magic phrase? Keep gaming, gamers. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, sure. Okay. Yep. That's it. Keep gaming, governors. <laughs> <laughs>